Hello, this is Norma Sheehan from the Heal Your Hole podcast, asking you to heal my hole for a change. The hole in my pocket. It's just a small one-off payment, no subscriptions, takes 30 seconds to do apparently. So you need to follow the support this show link in the show description. And every payment increases my healing power. So I can continue to tend to your lazy holes, hairy holes, needy holes, itchy holes, money holes, smelly holes, arseholes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to episode number 13 of the Heal Your Hole podcast with myself, Norma Sheehan, where we will look at all the various holes in your life, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, financial, comical, sexual, and we'll give them all a good thing too. Last week we did potholes and it surprisingly went down very well. And this week, episode 13, unlucky 13, ah, sure to be grand. I actually got married on, on the 13th of a December, um, but it wasn't a Friday, it was a Thursday and sure we're still together anyway. Nearly 20 years later, I'm not sure. Um, so episode number 13 is Horny Hole. And the reason I'm doing Horny Hole is it was inspired by Glenda Gilson. She was on episode number 11 doing Skinny Hole. And she reminded me that we did Vagina Monologues a few years ago and that I performed a piece called The Moans. So it was various um, orgasmic moans from around the world. And... Uh, I don't remember the piece, but um, I'll give you a slight rendition there in a minute. Um, So today's Horny Hole, inspired by her. And we're also going to get two fantastic people on later in the show, Fiona Brown and Tara Derrington. They have co-written a play called C-U-N-T, which stands for Can You Name This? And it is a little bit about See You Next Tuesday. It is about decriminalising sex workers. So we will get to that later in the show. And to be fair, when I was growing up, CUNT wasn't a problem. I never knew it was related to um, your nether regions and that it was an insult because on the farm, you know, say if the car broke down or, you know, someone said, just go out there and chase the cunting cattle they are running down the lane or oh, that cunt of a car won't start. It was never connected to, or not until I moved to London really, did I realise it's a word I shouldn't be using. Actually, there was a, I think there was a monologue in Vagina Monologues called C-U-N-T. Anyway, the one I remember is Moans. And um, basically it's about a woman who she would get paid to dominate other women. And she was a lawyer, but she gave up her job because this was her calling to make other women moan. And she'd dress up in various outfits and she she found like it was a kind of a science to um to encourage women to find their their zone, um but I don't remember all the um all her techniques but here's a few of them, she used to use the um there was the clit moan, <laughs> there was the vaginal moan, <gasps> there was the combo clit vaginal moan, <laughs> there was the almost moan, <laughs> there was the right on it moan. Oh, there was the elegant moan. 
There was the British moan, mute. There was the French moan. There was the Irish moan. Oh, I got on your good thing. There was the Jewish moan. No, 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 no. There was the Catholic moan. Oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, forgive me, Father, Mother of God, Mother of God, Mother of God. There was a baby moan. There was a doggy moan. There was a southern moan. Yeah. There was a militant bisexual moan. There was a machine gun moan. <laughs> there was a tortured moan. There was a diva moan. And I think there was a triple orgasm moan, which kind of went... Anyway, there was about 20 more, but um, those were a few... Anyway, I was well into my 20s before I knew what an orgasm was. My friend, she used to do these parties uh, where she'd sell sex toys and stuff and she kept inviting me along and I was like, no, no, I'm not free, you dirty bitch. And uh, she she persisted anyway and she gave me a gift of a toy for my birthday one year. And I was like, oh, thanks, you're so kind, you dirty bitch. And I hid it under the bed for about two years in case the Lord would strike me down, cobwebs on it and everything. And... Uh, then one day I was packing to go to Northern Ireland to this really boring place, about 100 years old. And I saw the little gadget anyway and the bunny ears waving at me. So I um, I said, you're coming on a holiday. Threw it in the suitcase and uh, I thought, you know, Jesus would be busy trying to convert the Protestants up in the north so he wouldn't be uh, too bothered with me. And uh, yeah, yeah, the, uh, the cast thought I'd gone nocturnal. I'd say I was about two hours on stage every day and the other 22 hours I was bouncing off the walls in the bedroom. So I decided then that everyone should have one, do you know? And I went into a shop in Dublin and said, just give me five or six of, of your latest, throw them in a bag there, brilliant. I gave them to people for their birthdays, engagements, Christmas. And then I actually sent one to my sister and she opened it in front of my 102-year-old granny and my uncle who's a brother um, a holy brother anyway she ran out of the room and brought back in the juicy plunger and pretended it was a, a juicer that I'd sent her but some of my other friends who got it did contact me and said uh, sorry what 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 the heck have you sent me where do you expect me to put this it's basically what I didn't realise is that over the two years that mine had rested under the bed these little sex toys had evolved um, so I thought I'd sent them little pretty delicate pink thing no I'd sent them a thing that was like a cross between a chainsaw and a drill there was rotating balls and everything I was going to tell them to maybe try and return it but uh, actually I wonder can you return them just give me a second there I'll ring one of those shops and see do they do returns no, I don't have them on speed dial or anything. <laughs> Let me have a look, see if this one here. <sighs> Try this one. Hello? Hi there. Um, I was just wondering what your return policy is. 
Uh, yeah, so we're only dealing with in-store returns at the minute, so unfortunately we're not taking an online or party plan, and it's okay. just the usual 28 days. Okay, because I, um, I got two uh, devices from you before lockdown, and they're just not suitable. One is kind of shaped like a lipstick and it's useless, and the other one is kind of more like um, half an avocado, like a camel's foot kind of thing, and it's 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 just too powerful. Um, I was wondering, do you have something like in between and and... If I if I gave it a good clean, could I return it, or is is it just no way? Unfortunately, um, we don't deal with toy returns, um, like based on like suit like suitability. If you know what I mean, we can only return toys if they're faulty. Oh, um, okay, okay, right. So okay, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, we can't do that. But I would like we if you wanted to obviously have a look, we have like toy testers and everything um, in the shop, so they're. Like we would tell the best sellers in the shop, so you can maybe like try a few out, like just to fit them in your hand. Oh right, sorry, I thought you meant to go into the back room or something and try them out. Um, no. <laughs> no, okay, okay. Um, no, okay. not at all. Okay, I'll take more time the next time. Um, so yeah, and what would you recommend? Somewhere kind of in between the. T- um, well, we do a good, we do a good range. Um, okay. Even if you wanted to look it up, um, okay. it's called Morgasm. Great. Now, they're quite good because they would have all different uh, like vibration modes, strengths, and like different patterns and everything in all their toys. Great. Um, okay. They're all multi-speed, so it would be quite good in terms of like variability. We also do, um, like, I'm going to say designer range toys, but they would be... Um, would they be too big? Would they be too, would they be expensive? No, no, like we do all different, we do all different like sizes of ones like there's smaller like clitoral toys there's bigger like obviously like internal rabbits and stuff so Great. I just it, it's, in the shop. and has your has your demand gone up a lot during lockdown because of people being bored at home or, or is it or, are you, when, when did you, when did you actually reopen um, um we only opened two weeks ago Right, okay, but... Um, it, yeah, yeah we've, we've been fairly busy, especially yeah. more at the weekend. Okay, well, I'll get into you soon. You're open six days a week, is it correct? Um, no, we're, we're open Monday through to Sunday. Oh, brilliant. I might pop in tomorrow. Thanks. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Cheers. Okay, moving swiftly along. So you cannot return six toys and you cannot try them out in the back room. Um... Okay, I'm going to take a break now and try and contact my friends Fiona Brown and Tara Derrington who wrote Can You Name This? which is um, an amazing piece of work and they've been given massive funding by the Arts Council to try and get it on a bigger stage even with COVID going on. So um, I'd say 2021, you will hear about this one. So here we go. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. So I'm absolutely delighted to talk to Tara Derrington and Fiona Brown during this episode. So I'm just going to hook up with them now. Hopefully they're waiting. There we go. Hello, Norma. Hello, Tara. Hello, Fiona. Are you there? Hi, Norma. I am here. Very much here. <laughs> Mark calling Mindy. Come in. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Tara and Fiona are co-writing an amazing project that I mentioned earlier in the podcast called Can You Name This? Their company is Uncomfortable, The Uncomfortable Collective. Uh, Fiona I worked with last year on Angela's Ashes a musical and many other things she is a voiceover an actor a writer a singer she has um, a group called the Dion's <laughs> Tara is uh, probably better known as a director but she's uh, a writer on this project and uh, she's had various theatre companies over the years so busy ladies and thank you very much girls for coming on and having a chat about your project can you name this thanks for having us thank you could you tell me about the title can you name this it is an acronym. It could remind you if you think about the first letters of... Uh, See you next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, call up nice things. Um, think whole. Right, right. You could have called it like mind the flap or... <laughs> um, or I was trying to think of other ones earlier, but I didn't come up with many. So what inspired you to write this amazing project about decriminalising uh, sex workers? So I think Fiona and I were working together in 2015 and 16 um, with particularly through a group called Mothers Artist Makers. Um, we, we were campaigning as part of the Waking the Feminists movement to really raise awareness about how parenting affects women in the arts and how we lose women in the arts due to parenting and not being able to afford to keep going and during that time I saw this brilliant documentary that followed the major standoff that's going on between Ruhama and the National Women's Council of Ireland who want to abolish sex work altogether they're prohibitionists basically and the standoff is with the Sex Workers Alliance Ireland who are the only organisation in Ireland, led by currently working sex workers, and who are campaigning for decriminalisation. And the documentary followed the two spokespeople of that movement, uh, of those movements, so Rachel Moran for Ruhama and Kate McGrew for Sway. Um, And we're now working with Kate, who's an amazing um, actor and sex worker and activist, and she is the consultant um, for the play and has worked with us throughout creating it but basically the the um the documentary really fascinated me in that it showed how there is a real divide in feminism when it comes to the discussion of sex, sex workers yeah right. and, okay. but, but it reminded me of the kind of problems we were having as mothers in mothers artist makers of sometimes feeling that we weren't being heard by feminism um or, or within that movement um, and I, um, uh, uh, yeah, saw a comparison um, in that both jobs, sex worker, mother, aren't really considered as work, and that they are not seen as being very feminist. Um, and, and that really interested me. Okay. Now, has has um, sex work been a, a criminal activity forever and ever in Ireland? Do you know what, Norma? Actually, sex work 
has always been legal in Ireland. Um, it was completely legal. Um, but in 2017, a new law was brought in, which is has been brought in in various countries, um, which is known as the Swedish model, which has criminalised the buying of sex. Wow. Um, so now it's illegal to buy sex in Ireland. Okay, and Sway, this this group you mentioned, Kate McGrew's group, mm-hmm. um, they're trying to um, lift this, um, to, you know, to legalise sex work, to protect the workers, because you can't stop people having sex, but the demand is there. So what is your belief on how we can decriminalise it? Well, the best example of how decriminalisation works really well is um, New Zealand, um, you know, who are sort of shining lights throughout funnily enough, throughout COVID-19, and they um, have managed to decriminalise it. And the result of this is that the sex workers working in New Zealand have reported that um, they feel more protected, they're safer to work, they can work together, um, their criminal records have been expunged. So basically, that just gives them the right to, to travel to various countries if they want to and it gives them the right to seek other work should they choose to leave sex work at any point so and in New Zealand then I know you're protected um, but is there rates is there a minimum wage for the various activities obviously a lot of people who um, want to hire a sex worker they don't want to trail there is a lot of people who don't want anyone to know is there then a trail is there taxes is there rates or is it just protection of on a crime level but what they have just done is removed sex work from criminal law altogether. So everything else that okay. surrounds that is, you know, um, separate. is separate. So you would still, okay. so say if you were attacked at work or, um, or someone stole from you or, you know, so everything else around that is, is you have the same protections as anyone else at work. That's basically what it boils down to. Is okay. You're as protected as work as a person who works in a cafe or in a shop or okay. in an office okay. or anything and like that. Taxes. I'm not sure about the taxes, so maybe you know more about that, Tara, but it is something that keeps coming up. <laughs> yeah, they do. They pay taxes. It's just exactly like any other job, and it has the same protection and the same requirements as any okay. other job out there. Okay, okay. I was reading that, you know, there are students trying to get through college and they are sex workers to fund themselves um, and they're okay with doing that. They might have, you know, an older man providing for them. I had an incident once where I was going to drama school and whatever money sponsorship I raised, um, I would get met by the college. And I was there was loads of businesses around Cork gave me um, various amounts of money. Um, but one businessman got the wrong end of the stick. And uh, we, you know, we were we were a little bit in and I just I reversed at a rate of, you know, it just he, he thought there was something else involved. So now, luckily, I'm tough as boots. Um, so I was safe enough in that situation. But it, there are students out there um, who have no choice or or do you think they choose to do to do this kind of work um because they enjoy it or because they need to and is it just great that they can be protected if we decriminalize it i i think choice is a really interesting word because people mean different things by it so abolitionists might say that although a sex worker might say i am choosing to do this they are doing it because of poverty 
Um, and, and that indeed is often the case. Um, but the trouble is that there is so much that we do um, that might be as a result of poverty. Uh, you know, you might wonder how many people would choose to be a cleaning um, woman or um, a childminder. I personally wouldn't have chosen to, to do that kind of work in the past had yeah. it not been financial. But we don't treat those professions in the same way. Uh, we say that people have got a choice if they are choosing to do it. But a lot of people, for, for some reason, put a question mark over whether people are choosing to go into sex work. Sex work can be therapy as well, because um, there are a lot of people who may be on a spectrum and they can't, they're not good at social interaction or they have a disability or they just need contact. Um, they just need someone to talk to and someone to spend time with. And we all understand that through COVID, how lonely it can get. So there is, it's a companionship as well, isn't it? Yeah, and there, and definitely for a lot of people who are in certain circumstances like that, uh, maybe um, a sex worker is the only access they will ever have to um, that level of intimacy um, and touch. And, you know, yeah, that is definitely um, part of the, the service of a sex worker, if you like, you know. Those guys are criminals. Yes, yes um, at the moment in Ireland, if, if you were engaged in, in that activity, as a disabled person or an older person, you know, for whatever reason you're accessing sex work, you are now a criminal. Right. OK, because even my hairdresser said um, some people do come in and get their hair done for the company and for the human contact, even if they don't need their hair done. And there's nothing mm. perverted about it. They just need a bit. We need a bit of human massage or whatever. Yeah, you go for a massage or whatever. Yeah. Back to your show. Um, tell me about the actual show. Can you name this? The production? Well, first and foremost, what we wanted, we, we spoke very much about the atmosphere that we wanted to invite people into because we are talking about a subject that's pretty divisive and um, seems to kind of incite passion in a lot of people when they think about what it means to be a sex worker or sex work in general. Um, so we wanted to create an atmosphere that was warm, inviting, relaxing, nurturing, uh, entertaining almost like entering the brothel of your dreams, if you like, and that, that people can come in, sit back, relax, and that we were going to serve them up this idea. Right. You know, like, like you would serve up a delicious meal through song. Actually, we, we, were, we are ex still exploring the idea of, of putting our most maybe hard hitting or difficult to digest messages into our songs as we feel that these, these this is kind of a sometimes the best way to get a difficult idea across you know it's just people yeah. are more relaxed and more receptive when they're listening to music so so there's songs so it's very much that type of an atmosphere yeah and we're definitely using that comparison between sex workers and actors. performers yeah <laughs> But sometimes acting can verge on selling your body. I've seen, not me in particular, I wouldn't be a bit of a hottie. I, don't, I haven't got the, uh, the, the nudie roles over the years. But I mean, Normal People was out recently and I felt that was just amazingly done. Amazing, and things yeah. like Magdalene, Magdalene Laundries. And actually, Fiona, you were in Normal People. I was oh, for, 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 for a moment, for a tiny moment. Yeah. Oh, no, come on, you were in it. You were uh, the, the hot mommy of, um, one, of the, one of the, what was your, your daughter's name in it? She Rachel. Rachel, Rachel yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Wow. So, and yeah, she went, the she went to the Debs with, with um, Conal, didn't she? She did. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Wow, um, well done. Yeah, you were stunning in that, by the way. But back to acting. Um, I think it was justified in that and in many productions. But I do think 50% of the stuff I see on stage and screen, it's it's not necessary. It, it snaps me out of the story and it just seems indulgent. And, you know, if it's justified, fine. But sometimes you wonder... You know, is there a fine line between a job like acting at times and 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 selling your body and stuff like that? Have you ever thought that? Absolutely. And we were ha- we with with the company of actors that we were developing um, with. We had a lot of discussions around this and a lot of people telling their personal stories as actors of these horrendous um, situations we found ourselves in at times, you know, or risks that we took um, to go and meet somebody to talk about a project, you know, late at night somewhere or um, being in a room with a director who was really um, pushing you to do things you weren't comfortable doing. And so we've all had these experiences as as actors, um, both the male males and females I think to a certain extent and now things are changing like if you think of normal people they had a a wonderful intimacy coordinator and everything is discussed beforehand and I think she spoke about it being like a dance and everything is very much sort of agreed beforehand but certainly if you're asking the question why would you choose to do sex work you could equally ask the question why would anyone choose to be an actor when you know we have to um, make ourselves so vulnerable, you know. Even if it's not nudity, your your body doesn't know if you're at at your cousin's funeral or not. Say if you're doing a scene, they mm. don't know if you're crying at a funeral for real. So your body goes through trauma every night on stage. And actually, Angela's ashes that we did. Mm. My God, the amount of abuse in that. We're all bawling, weren't we? Uh, every bawling. night on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Angela sell, sold her body to, you know, to have a roof over her head. She also proceeded to have a million children because that was just something you did back then you just women just did what they had to do which is also a very interesting point about transactional sex then because if you think of um sex work being transactional sex there's a lot of different types of transactional sex and you could say what what Angela was doing was very much transactional she was yeah it was like it was that was her choice in that moment it was either be on the street or because I know that people will listen to this. There's people listening now and they'll go, no, sex work shouldn't be shouldn't be there. It is there. And I'd like to tell you something like the ploughing championships with 300,000 people down in down the country every year. It is absolutely rampant there. It is like there's yeah. there's it's, it's yeah. not a, you can't say it doesn't exist. It exists and it has always existed and it will always exist. So we just need to protect people. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Yes, but so many people really believe that we can stop it from existing and that is that is what you know the national women's council of ireland directly state that they see all transactional sex as um as violence and that the aim of campaigning for this new type of law the swedish law is to end it altogether. So, you know, there is a really big group of people who are successfully campaigning who believe that they can end sex work altogether. By getting rid of demand that we can... Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. And, and possibly by making it difficult. Um, Frances Fitzgerald actually said when she brought in that law that the more difficult we make it, the more likely it is to decrease demand. So, you know, make it, you know, if it becomes dangerous, women are less likely to do it, which we know is not the case. 
Now, yeah. girls, we all have kids um, ranging from, um, I think, 19 down to, what's your youngest, Fiona? Eight. Eight. Yeah. So how would we feel tomorrow? I guess you can't stop your child going into that line of work. You would want protection for them. Absolutely. Correct? If my my daughter found herself in um, working as a sex worker, I would hope she would be as protected at, at work as anybody else who is working to provide for themselves. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I've, I've really interrogated my, myself on this point. I, I have two daughters, one who is just 19. And, you know, I'm always telling them, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. You can achieve anything. And so I've had, particularly doing this play, I've had to say, well, do I really mean that? So, you know, if she says, well, what I want to be is a mother uh, or what I want to be is a, um, a, a sex worker, then do I re- really mean it? And, and, you know, all parents want their children first and foremost to be safe in whatever they do. So, you know, as long as it, she was working in a decriminalised um, scenario, I think I might be a lot happier about the safety. Um, and I, I just don't have a problem with transactional sex. I want my daughters to go and, you know, to have sex in their adult lives I think I suspect my elder daughter may already have done so (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to go down that that line I I really think I'm going to have you on uh, you guys on again because I just love the sound of this it's really going to make people think um and I fingers crossed it it, um it's decriminalized well the very exciting development that has happened recently is that for the first time ever um, in reviewing the the 2017 law, um, they are going to ask sex workers themselves um, about their experiences and about what they want going forward. So, because during COVID, apparently the the activity of sex workers went way up, and I don't know how this is possible. Um, but maybe it was people trapped at home, um, mm-hmm. needing to get out and needing to meet someone, um. Now I've no proof of this. This is something I heard or read, mm-hmm. but it's 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 not. It's just the need is there. The need it's is there for companionship. It's not going to go away. And I think yeah, if if people were prepared to take the risk during COVID nineteen for physical contact, I mean that's that's it is definitely not going to go away. I know there were some adjustments made. You know, within a lot of people were doing stuff online. Um, you know, like camming and that kind of thing. Um, you know. Do, because that was obviously the safer way to go about it. But definitely people still needed to earn a living. There was no provision for um, the COVID-19 payment, obviously did not apply to sex workers. So I'm sure there were people who just had to continue in whatever way they could, you know. Yeah, as long as there's there's poverty, there's always going to be people working. And uh, and Mm. didn't Fiona that some, that, people were being offered a lot more money yeah maybe twice their normal rate at times and um, obviously Sway um, the wonderful Kate McGrew is is really the expert on all of this stuff and Sway are are campaigning and are going to be very much involved in the review of the of the 2017 law and hopefully I hope I really hope they um, that that we can go a small way into helping um, the campaign there well, I, I see this being a massive show someday soon, fingers crossed. So, girls, thank you for talking to me. And I would love to talk to you again uh, down the line. And uh, yeah, thank, thank you so much, Fiona. Thank you, Tara. Oh, thanks um, for having us. Thank you.
Can you name this? Uh, C-U-N-T. See you next Tuesday. And uh, yep, coming to a stage near you very soon. Okay, great. Two very clever ladies. Um, I might get Kate McGrew on sometime as well from the Sex Workers Alliance of Ireland. Fingers crossed she'll talk to us. Um, Okay, till next week. Um, I'm hoping to do watering hole, which means pub. Shouldn't be too difficult to do here in Ireland. And thank you again for everyone who's listening. And please, you know, this is episode 13. Do give it an old share, follow, poke, subscribe, whatever you have to do. And uh, yeah, go on healyourhole.com to send me your whole queries because that helps me create the next show. And follow me on Instagram for some mad stuff. Um, Norma Shane actor, blah, blah, blah. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great uh, few days and I'll talk to you next week. Oh, and I nearly forgot, if you're from Waterford, get up off your hole and buy tickets to the Theatre Royal. I'm performing there on August 14th. That's 2020, in case you're listening to this down the line. So August 14th, get your tickets. They're cheap as chips. Theatre Royal. Yep. See you there. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.